All right, peeps. Welcome to the first episode of the Brown Experience. Today you have me, your host, Shri, with my other hostesses, Eduardo Pacheco. Brock. Perfect. Brock. Let's get it started. Cue the music right here. about ourselves before we move on. My name is Shri. Uh, I mean, I'm, a, I'm your go-to finance guy. I got you all information on finance, business, and whatever other shit you need. Um, we'll pass it down to Eduardo. Uh, I'm a typical college student going to SFSU. Uh, I'm from Mexico, I migrated here I was seven, and here I am, you know? Hey, what's up, y'all? My name is Brock. I'm 24 years old. And uh, I'm just like a musician, part-time. Yeah. And then part-time IT. Uh, this is Brock is our in-house uh, IT guy. He helped me connect my Wi-Fi router. That's how we first met. <laughs> and uh, Eduardo is our in-house comedian. He's, he's the one that plays the jokes around here. And that's about it. Let's talk some serious shit. Hey, what are we going to talk about here? First day, right? So, what's the biggest thing that's going on right now? Have you heard about this thing called COVID? No, man, I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah, COVID is pretty happening right now. It's, it's a new hot girl in town. So, did you know that? On a daily basis, there's 3,000 deaths caused by COVID. Oh, That's shit. basically a 9-11 every day. Goddamn, 3K? Yeah, 3K. Shit. Wild, huh? That is crazy, man. Well, we're in, we're in the middle of Silicon Valley, so things are different. We're in lockdown. We're back on lockdown. This is December 10th. Back on lockdown. We're still trying to figure stuff out. Yeah, I've been stuck at home since March, you know, ever since we came from that trip to San Diego. Bruh, San Diego was a, was a vibe. Yeah, San Diego was something. Yeah, so what, what do you guys think about uh, the whole lockdown that's going down where we live? Well, you know, I've just been at home. Um, I couldn't go to the office. Just working from home. Spending more time with my family. I actually brought my sister from Mexico. Okay. Nice, nice. That's amazing, bro. Congrats with that. Hope uh, good things for her. What about yourself? What's your view on the lockdown that we're in right now? Uh, I think it's kind of cool because, I mean, the pandemic is bad, but I think it's cool that people have time to reflect on themselves. I agree. Like, they can sit at home and figure out, like, What's actually worth it? Right. right. And who is worth it? Yeah, I think uh, a lot of people picked up new skills uh, during the time of pandemic and lockdowns. Uh, I didn't even know I had certain skills until I picked it up. Like uh, Barack over here, as you mentioned, he's an in-house musician. While he's going to college, this guy is playing around with his guitar, and now he's a big-time musician. He's a 2021 top star. 2021 coming up. For funk rock, funk rock, funk rock, indie, indie rock, indie rock, any type of rock. Yeah, he's he's a new up and coming artist for us. He's gonna be doing the intro music for us. So if you hear it, if you like it, reach out to 
Even if you don't, don't like it, just like it. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, that's, that's basically it. Like, yeah, definitely a lot of experiences, but also we missed the old days, right? Yeah. 2019, where you could go around and do stuff. Old now days. we're stuck at home. Old days of, you know, having fun, interacting with more people. I mean, everything changed ever since COVID happened, you know? Right. That's great, man. What do you guys think about the whole vaccine situation that's coming up right now? Dude, actually, the question like derived from that is, are you guys gonna take the vaccine? Yeah, I think uh, I, I I believe it enough. I'm not. A, I mean, there there was a whole conspiracy theory that went around a couple months ago because Bill Gates spoke out about uh, COVID vaccines being a possibility, and uh, a lot of the Middle East uh, and like just people in the Middle America, they believe that uh, Bill Gates was going to insert chips into them. Uh, I have no clue why that's a conspiracy theory. I don't know why Bill Gates would want to target Tom in Texas. Yeah, I see that meme uh, on the internet that uh, why would they bother inserting a chip with us with a vaccine right. when we already have a chip in our phones, right? Or, yeah, you know, exactly. I mean, yeah. Like, I don't understand the, the logic behind people thinking Bill Gates is going to track us down. Like, he has no use to track me down. He's already got hella money. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not the next coming up tech guru or anything. Yeah, I don't know. But definitely the vaccine is a good thing, I think. I think, uh, oh yeah, today's December, December 10th, right? So today's the day where a committee meets in, uh, in DC and they're going to decide by tomorrow morning if the vaccine is approved for US. Yeah, I think it would be a good thing, you know, like uh, help save millions of lives. You know, we uh, said in the beginning of the podcast, you know, millions of people are dying everywhere in the world. And in the United States, it's up to thousands of people, you know. Right, right. I agree, man. Well, uh, the big players right now are uh, uh, Pfizer and Moderna for vaccines. Well, Pfizer, we always heard of, right? because of uh, the two couple that invented it, the two, I believe they're German. Yes. Yeah, they're, they're probably the greatest invention, like, or the greatest creation for Earth right now. They figured out something most of the Earth couldn't figure out. Yeah, and I want to emphasize that those, that family was an immigrant family that came to the United States. That's amazing. And, and you know, I feel like this, the United States of America has always been filled by immigrants coming here and making America a better place, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, we, we definitely root for that. Like, we're, we're all uh, coming from immigrant families. So we know, we know the struggle, uh, which goes back to our title, The Brown Experience. We're three brown dudes. We got me and Barack, who are Indian, and we have uh, Eduardo, who's Mexican. So we bring our experience to the brown experience. Yeah, man. So, are you guys going to take the vaccine or what? Yeah, man. I'm 100% going to take it. It's just that uh, the people that have taken the trial vaccines, I've been uh, following them and trying to see what their uh, side effects have been. Majority of them have uh, have had side effects of similar to the COVID symptoms. So, I feel like I feel like uh, it's something I would definitely do, like 100%. Yeah. I think, yeah, I think a lot of people would get it. I would, I'm most probably going to get it, but only reason, I mean, I could see myself not getting it is if, like, 
my family says no, but I don't see that as a reason. They're most probably gonna get it. So yeah. Well, uh, and I trust. I trust like our healthcare system. Yeah. Even though I'm not scientifically like knowledgeable on like what's going to go on, I trust our system. So. Of course, man. What are you, Eduardo? Oh, I feel that uh, I don't know about the side effects, and that kind of scares me. You know, it makes me be on that borderline of should I take this vaccine or not? But thinking about it, it all comes to the line of where like you either have to give up something, which is having those side effects, even if it if it's terrible, you know, because I mean, death is more terrible than having prolonged side effects in the long run. So I guess, uh, and then you know, we're safe. Even though there may be some side effects or something, right? I agree. Like, yeah, the, uh, it's unpredictable. Well, we do have uh, the big pharmacies like Moderna, and also these guys have been trying to figure out a HIV medicine, and they're trying to cure cancer. They have bigger projects than COVID, so they have a huge track record of uh, really great uh, vaccines for most of the SARS uh, that happened in Asia and in Africa. They have a really great track record. They've proven themselves time and time that they have a successful vaccine. So, I mean, uh, at least in the U.S., I feel like we're safe because we're getting the big, the big dogs uh, who are giving the right vaccine, hopefully. Whereas, like, the concern is really, like, how is Asia or Africa or Europe going to get it? Or Pfizer and Moderna are not really going to be present in those areas. Yeah, man, uh, it's not always a thing about the other countries, you know, yeah. what they're going to do and how are they going to be able to access this vaccine. That's great, that's great. Well, I have some news for you. So this just, and it's advised that the vaccine is going to be approved for emergency distribution. And this is from the committee meeting in D.C. this morning. So they were deciding to bring out the news tomorrow. But the news just broke that it is being approved. And the soonest vaccine we'll see is in this weekend, actually. They're distributing to Rhode Island first to uh, healthcare workers and senior workers at the moment. That's pretty great. Like, as we talk about it, it's being approved right now. Wow, that's crazy, man. Yeah. yeah I feel awesome. like I'm going to have to wait a while, though, because I don't feel like I'm, a, I'm a in front of the line, you know what I'm saying? All right. Well, it's not about uh, us deciding, do you want to wait? I think we're not going to get it until at least March or April. Yeah, that's right. What do you think, Brock? Yeah, I think, maybe, I think March. Cause, yeah, because I mean, I feel like there's probably tiers of people that are going to get it. Yeah. And then it's going to be like the healthcare workers and then the people like close, like the family of the healthcare and then, you know, so far down. And then we're like the last. And plus, you know, being hella young too, right. we can show because, I mean, we're, like, healthy. But, I mean, it's not in every case. I guess we have the least risk, I'm guessing. Right, I do agree with that. Uh, well, the bigger question is, it's not about if we're getting it, what about the rest of middle America that believes that Bill Gates is putting chips on them? How do you convince these guys? I mean, I don't think you have to convince them, you know, like, if they don't want to get it, that's... That's fine by me, I guess. Is it, is it fine by you if you have to rub shoulders with these guys when the next time you go to a concert or a basketball game? Mm. 
I mean, we're we're not gonna rub shoulders if we're in America, right? What do you mean? What do you mean? Um, yeah, like if the vaccine's out, then everything's gonna come back to normal, right? Oh, you mean people of like United States that are yes, not gonna take it? Oh, okay. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, I don't, I don't like. I mean, I don't have any right to say whether they should or not, but in my opinion, I think they should. I think everyone so should. So it's your opinion. They should do it, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think I'm on the same page. But convincing them. Honestly, that's that's over me, man. Yeah, I think uh, the only way you convince them is bring out a good old Donald Trump and have him do a good old speech about how it's going to save America. That's the best way to convince them, I think. Yeah, I don't think we can make even Donald Trump say that, you know? <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there's different uh, kinds of crowds that believe in uh, the idea of Bill Gates putting chips in them. I think the biggest crowd is the younger generation, the TikTokers right now. There's a whole TikTok message about uh, how Bill Gates is going to put chips inside them and they can't make their TikTok money or whatever. So like the only way to flip these guys would probably be like have Charlie D'Amelio do a dance with a vaccine shot <laughs> and then inject it in herself or something. Yeah, that's a million views right there. Yeah, that's a million views, <laughs> but it, it, it convinces everyone to do the same thing she's doing. Or you have a, a Travis Scott vaccine collab. Do you think a Travis Scott vaccine collab is better than Kylie Jenner vaccine collab? What would it, what would get more people? Bro, you can't put that on us. That's too much to answer. Honestly, I would get the Kylie Jenner. No, it's your opinion. It's all opinions. Well, honestly, I would go with the Kylie Jenner vaccine collab. I'm I'm on the same page. Yeah, Travis Scott is a is smaller like he does he'll probably convert the high beast and the the newer generation music guys but i think kylie jenner could change the whole generation if the kardashian family as a whole were doing a dance and putting shots in, into themselves i think we got america yeah so let's say we get this vaccine uh, what do you plan on doing you know, when we have more freedom to interact with people and maybe perhaps do more activities outside? Yeah, uh, well, I think it depends because uh, the vaccine is going to be around, but it's not going to be used by everyone. As we know, like there's believers that, d- that, that don't want to take it uh, for whatever reason. But there's also no proof that this is the, the final cure. Uh, as of now, I think the the advising committee for medical uses in the U.S. is aiming for two separate vaccines. You take a stage one vaccine, which could give you side effects, and then you have to go take a stage two at some point later on. It could be a year or two years down the line. So there's no guarantee, but like if let's say everything goes back to the way March twenty nineteen was, like where we wouldn't even know what COVID was. Then I think first move would be go get shit faced, get really drunk. Like, <laughs> yeah, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. I'm there. Like, I think yeah. I miss I miss uh, being social, miss the party party scene. And we're younger. If for the listeners that don't know, we're all mid twenties, so we're still exploring. There's a lot for us to see. Yeah, there's a lot of people to meet and uh, interact with. You know. Being inside the house, uh, you don't get to say hi to much of the people you used to and meet new people. The, the 
once you can get it saying hi to some dude at the grocery store. Right. Uh, and basically saying he should keep it six feet apart. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever been in line at the grocery store where they have the stickers for six feet apart, but then everyone's like right up your ass, like they're right behind you. They're just waiting. It's like, come on, bro, give me my bubble. <laughs> yeah, I feel like that's how it was in the beginning. Now I guess they get the idea, you know. Right. <laughs> that's pretty cool. All right, now let's let's bring a, a topic that Mr. Barack likes. Uh, this has to do with technology and also music. What do you think about the AirPods Pro and the Max? Um, I think I mean I, I I'm gonna buy them. Like I know for a fact just because. I own everything Apple, okay. and so, so like the just, 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 just yeah, just out. for the bad reason solely. Okay. But it's just actually we were questioning this, like outside of the AirPod Pros that um, each one of us owns, how would we use this over that? You know, like I, personally, when I'm in front of a computer, I prefer my Bose my Bose noise cancellation headphones, just because like it's like a thing I train my brain to, right. where like when I have those ones, I work more, and then when I have AirPods on, it's more like Joe relaxed. I mean, that's the only other reason I could see maybe upgrading my Bose headphones, but other than that, I feel like AirPod Pros essentially get, do the job, and like they actually over exceed expectations, so. I do, I do uh, think I have to agree with you. As much as we're gonna shit on it, and how useless it is, and how over the exactly. price it is, end of the day, we're all gonna get it. Like. We could have all went and got the regular AirPods, but no, we had to get the AirPod Pros. And for those of you that don't know, we actually live in the Silicon Valley, so we're in a literal bubble where if you don't have the latest and the greatest Apple product, you will be looked down at. Yeah. Yeah, just like you guys did uh, for, <laughs> in my case, because I was a Samsung uh, fanatic, you know? Uh, I used to own a S6 and then I upgraded to S8 and I was about to upgrade to the Samsung 10, maybe the the newest one. But, um, you know, I kind of felt left out and I had to switch to the Apple community, you know, and now you see me over here with a brand new iPhone 12 and my uh, AirPods Pro. You know? <laughs> well, congrats on the switch to Apple, first of all. Yeah, well, I gotta say, the messages are really great. It's actually more interactive than the Samsung ones. Okay. And I feel like there's a lot of more functionalities in there. You know, um, I guess it's more animated in terms of, like, how you want to express through text. And I, I think Apple has got that down in terms of comparing it to Samsung. Well, I think in general, uh, Apple over Samsung, my boy. <laughs> I'm sorry, dude, that's a joke. You have to call that, though. Living or growing up in Silicon Valley, we have to roll with the big boys here. Yeah. If you go to Nebraska, if you believe in Bill Gates, who's going to put chips in you, then you can put an Android, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's cool, though. So, uh, what? 550. What? Yeah, 550. That's insane. God dang, man. That's, that's about a three and a half beat pros. You could get beats by Dr. Dre, the pro version. Wait, for, what's, what's you the get three of those, three and a half of those. Bro, we can get the Bose headphones for like three hundred or ish. Yeah. And then we're talking about six hundred. That's hell expensive. Right. Yeah, that's another thing. You could uh, 
the big dilemma right now is like, do I get the PS5 or do I get the headphones? Bro, we gotta talk about the PS5. What the fuck? Like, what the hell, man? Like, when did they go up like that much price? Like nine hundred thousand dollars, and they're selling for five hundred. This is crazy to me. Like PS4, like you could have got. There was so much stock. Yeah, I think uh, like, it was nine hundred dollars, right? Yeah, I think you said $900,000. No, oh, I meant $900 to 1000 Yes. Yeah, 900 to 1000 Yeah, I think uh, it has to do with the quantity selection and also a big impact by the uh, quarantine and uh, lockdown. Everyone's at home, and they're just, they're just trying to have a device connected to them. Well, there's kids that are schooling, or they're at school, right, from home, and they have nothing else to do. So, I guess it's... A product that's used by everyone right now. Well, as we know, like as you told me uh, in March when when the pandemic started, uh, Nintendo switches were sold out everywhere, and you, and you couldn't get one, right? Mm-hmm. So I think it's just, it's just like it has to do with the year we're in right now, not necessarily like the product itself. I mean, there's always hype for any of the PlayStations over Xboxes, but and it's just big. I guess it's the biggest collab. Yeah, you know, I actually may consider buying the new PS5, but for the purposes of doing more active exercise in the house, you know, maybe buying um, like a dance video game where I can move up and down and maybe break a sweat. Uh, but you know, they're all sold out. I don't know where to get them. <laughs> <laughs> right, man. Yeah, we have we have no access to them. We don't have people who who can get us to us from behind the doors. I mean, the people that we knew, even there, they're not able to get it, right? So, I guess we have to just wait until March, just like we're waiting for the vaccine. And then everyone's just going to keep going out. So, you're going to use a PS5? Yeah, but like... It's a circle. It's just a circle of life, I guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but that's pretty insane. They, they're going up for that much. So, you have the option to spend 500 bucks or 550 on on the AirPod Max or the PS5, if you can get it firsthand. Or what else can you get? You can almost get the new iPhone 12, right? Just a couple couple bucks off. Mm, 12? Yeah, yeah. It's about six, six, 12 or something. Yeah, 600 yeah. or 699. Yeah, it's like, it's like, do you want the phone that does everything or do you want the accessory for it for almost the same price? That's just, that's like a weird dilemma that Apple always keeps us in. I want to be things. Yeah, I mean, we're, we're going to get everything. It's, it's going to end up in my backpack. First, first chance we get on getting the PS5 or the AirPod Max, we'll probably get it. It's just, it's just a matter of time for one of us to get it and then show it off and then we're all getting it. Yeah, well, before I get it, I want to actually try them on because I don't know how comfortable they can be. I need to have a feel of them in my ears first. You know, I don't know how comfortable they are, uh, if they're more comfortable than the Bose. Or is the sound quality actually great, you know? I mean, I don't doubt Apple's going to deliver and go beyond our expectations, but I just want to confirm the comfortability, you know? Let me add to that. So, from YouTube videos that I watched from, like, reviewers that got it early, most of them are comparing it to the Sony noise cancellation ones. And those are, like, 300-ish, like, 350 so that's crazy. The markup just for being an Apple product is pretty crazy. So I'm guessing, you know, the Pro Display XDR, how we're not supposed to compare it to like any other 4K display or 5K display. Right. So it's be like industry standard. 
I'm guessing people are going to compare it like in that terms. Yeah, I think uh, I have to agree with you. Like it's it's definitely something you could buy with other companies or other uh, sources, but like but like uh, uh, the Apple will always set the standard, even though we won't like it. It's just that everyone switches overnight once they see the build quality. I think the biggest plus is the build quality. Uh, at least from the pictures I was looking at the AirPod Max, it does have a physical volume button. I think that's a huge plus for me. Oh, the dial, right? Yes. It, it's, it's like the little dial that you have on your Apple Watch. Yeah. I think that's a huge plus for me. Like, that's the reason I chose the Bose over the Sony, because I like physical buttons. Like, yeah, touch is cool. But it also looks kind of stupid. Like you're just sitting, like it looks like you're scratching yourself with the volume <laughs> up and down. <laughs> like it looks kind of weird. Yo, let me just turn up my volume. Yeah. It's like, no. Yeah, I think uh, so. Apple always does that where they go full out, but not all the way. They always have some physical button. Like we're in like the 12th generation of iPhone, and we still have a power button and volume button. Like they're essentials. Yeah. Uh, so are you saying we should wait maybe because maybe they'll come up with a better version in a couple months? Yeah, like I think it's going to be the similar way that uh, the first gen AirPods came out. In no time, second gen AirPods came out. And the only difference was, I believe, uh, charging wirelessly. I, th- I believe that's the only difference. Yeah, that was the only difference. And after that, they just released the Pros. Right, yeah. And the Pros is a whole new world compared to the regular AirPods. I think the regular AirPods had fitment issues for people's ears and stuff, but the pros are like beautiful. They're like versatile, any any situation. Yeah, I mean, we are using the pros right now. <laughs> yeah, we're all using the pros with our mics right now. So. <laughs> yeah, so uh, let's move on. Let's talk about uh, something else. All right, since we live in Silicon Valley, Let's touch on a subject that we are all close to. There's a lot of tech and finance billionaires, investors from the Silicon Valley that are moving because of the lockdown. They're moving down to Austin or Miami. I saw a fight going on on uh, Twitter between tech billionaires talking about if they should go to Miami or Austin or if they should go to North Carolina. I understand these are all great places, but do you think it'll be like home? Um, I feel like they're not really looking for maybe what's going to be home for them. Maybe they're trying to make it home, you know? Somewhere it's less expensive and they can have more money to um, spare, you know? With the, you know, being here in Silicon Valley, we know how much the rent is, you know? It's right. over the roof and compared to other places. So yeah, like uh, I think the best example is when uh, we all lived in San Francisco, the three of us, when we lived in San Francisco, uh, we were paying rent upwards of, upwards of, I think, 7K or 8K. Yeah, around 7 Yeah. 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 When we were all out there. We were doing that, you know, like that was crazy. Yeah, like, and this hey, is... Hey, but, but wasn't this it is, the time of our lives? Oh yeah, it was, it was great. Yeah, nothing beats good old city, but... Uh, I think San Francisco is literally turning to shit. Like, there's little shit everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, you have, I mean, if you're not from San Francisco, it's it's something you have to witness. Like, when we, when we say it, you just have to see it. 
Yeah, like, like but, I kid you not, you walk down the street, I there will be a homeless dude doing his duty. Yeah, like uh, San Francisco has the biggest uh, homo, uh, homelessness in any city in, in the United States. They have the biggest opioid crisis. They have the biggest uh, shitters. They have uh, the best tech companies, the best finance investing uh, angel firms. So we have everything, including the shit. Like we, we cover it all. But uh, <laughs> there's no other place like home. We like to walk around shit. Talk to a crackhead while we're getting our morning donut and coffee. Talking about how he broke his pipe, like while he was injecting himself or something. Like, yeah, I mean it's a whole different experience, you know, being in a very diverse environment where different people you meet with different backgrounds talk to you and they tell you their stories, their life, and what kind of problems they're having in the everyday, today, cry, uh, living, you know. Right. Yeah, I think uh, San Francisco is definitely unique. There's nothing like San Francisco in the good and a bad way. Uh, because it's usually compared to New York or L.A. But the thing is, something like New York and L.A. have a huge crowd coming in and out. But they also know how to run their city. Uh, something like New York, they have the best financial system. They have the best management uh, governance, uh, local governance. And in general, I think they know how to run their city with a huge population. Whereas San Francisco is like very open to everything, uh, but they, they're they not fixed on the path, I think. So you're saying there is no order, it's uh, everyone just doing whatever they want to do? Yeah, I mean, that could be good and a bad thing because like for you to go open a new uh, tech company, let's say, or a, a new uh, a fintech in New York, you, you need to know the people there. Like, you, you need to know the people that are in the game for you to get in the game. Whereas San Francisco, you could be anyone and you could get in, like, as long as you have the brain for it. And do you think that is because maybe in the East Coast it's more dominated by the, you know, wealthy families that rose up from these plantations from back in the day. Right, I do. I do agree, yeah. The wealthiest families all live in New York. Some of the richest people avoid San Francisco, even though it's the most expensive place in America right now. Yeah, they avoid Silicon Valley in general. I mean, the newest, the newest person that avoided is Elon Musk. He just moved from Palo Alto to Austin just on Monday. Oh, man, I didn't even know that. I thought he was still over here. No, he's, he, he gave up when... Uh, when the new lockdown came in on Monday, he said, this is it for me, I'm out. Wow, man, that's... Uh... Yeah, and he was trashing about uh, how Silicon Valley is run by a bunch of slobs. It's old, it's like, people talk about how it's a new wave, but it's just old school. Like, I think, if you compare it to the early 2000s, where tech was booming in Silicon Valley, like, that was, that was great for the economy and just America in general. But I think it caught on to people and like it's getting old now. So you're saying that it's become more established in the sense where it only attracts a certain uh, amount of like certain people in a certain level? Yeah, I, I don't I don't even think it's established honestly because people do not want to stay here. Like think about no offense, but like myself, I grew up here, I lived in San Francisco with you guys, but then as soon as I got the chance, I moved out. Like, I moved down to San Diego. 
I didn't want to stay here. That was not my first option that I wanted. It's like, you want something else, I guess. Whereas, like, I think uh, places like New York and L.A. or even Austin, now that it's booming, there's a lot of natives that like that area. And they grow up and they live there for years and years. Like, L.A. people are, like, so united, I guess. They want to live there. They want to die there kind of thing. They're not the type of people that are like, I want to go up north to San Francisco. I feel like if you're, if you grew up near or in San Francisco, it will always be home to us. Like for us, right. it, like regardless of where we go. Yeah. And to people that are coming from like, you know, places outside of California, I could totally understand where the like divide is because of just how bad, you know, quotation marks the city is. But the thing is, the people coming here are coming here for a purpose. And the purpose they're coming for is tech to make the money so they can go back to wherever they're from. Because, I mean, you're, you're thinking about like 180K salary at Facebook, right? For an engineer. You can buy a huge house in Texas. I mean... Exactly. That's, that's, what, that's what I was trying to get at. It's like the people that live here like it for what it is. But the people that come here from other places, it could be from a different country or it could be from a different state. They come here for the, the work. Uh, and it, they kind of created an environment where us as locals can't even get into. It's like, even though we were raised here, like you can't even get in uh, to like most of the Palo Alto uh, social networking events. Or in general, like even though we have the contacts, we were able to get in we wouldn't be allowed to be there because of our track record. Like, you looked, you get looked funny if you're 21 and not from Stanford or you, you haven't created your own business yet. You can't just show up and say that I go to blah, blah, blah. Yeah, man, I mean, there's a lot of pressure in that, having those standards. <laughs> Maybe well, that's the reason to, even some natives would want to leave. Yeah, That, that exactly. pressure of, like, of just trying to be this person, like the ideal exactly. Silicon Valley person. Yeah. But there's no ideal person in general. Yeah. So it, like, in, in, in all reality, we are the ideal Silicon Valley person. It's supposed to be the other way around, like where people adapt to us. But I think there's places like uh, New York, right? They had multiple cultures and different types of people come there. But they all adapted into a New York culture as a whole, but there you can still differentiate the, the Jews versus the Italians versus the, the Indian people. They all have their own communities, but I think in San Francisco, everyone's trying to be one whole figure because everything is accepted here. So everyone's trying to be a whole or they're trying to be different. I, I, I don't understand, like, how. Yeah, that's a very interesting, like, way to uh, try to explain it and I to be honest I don't really understand it either yeah like uh, yeah San Francisco is a it's a quite weird place you have to live here to experience it it's like it's hard to explain through a mic just sitting behind a screen like you have to come and experience it it's not like uh, a New York or LA we don't have the entertainment happening here we don't have uh, the money that's happening here. There's money, but there's quiet money. And there's not, like, there's not a history with San Francisco. 
except for it's like it's probably one of the newer cities like with the, uh, since gold rush but new york has history of immigrants from uh, the ellis island and so does la right yeah i mean that's where it's uh they uh spill the tea right boston tea party yeah boston's <laughs> up there too yeah i mean yeah east coast in general has a lot of history so it's like always a view it as a better or cooler place what do you think, Brock? Uh, I you guys summed it up. Yeah, okay. Perfectly. Just, um, I think the only thing I would add to that is, I just, okay, so, to the point of, like, being San Francisco being, like, as one in whole, mm-hmm. I do agree with you guys that everyone's trying to, you know, be that whole person. But I also think that San Francisco accepts different types of people. Like, compare, in my opinion, I have not been to New York, so I cannot say. But from my perspective of being to Texas and back, I see that over here, more things are accepted. So people have more options to realize or to explore. That's that's the only thing I would add. But yeah, I do agree with you guys. To just expand on that, I think, uh, yeah, definitely compared to something like Texas that is still developing. San Francisco is definitely a bubble that accepts everything. But when you compare it to like a bigger city, let's say, like something like LA, I feel like they accept way more. And it's accepted like throughout, like where anyone can do anything. But like end of the day, I think you also have to be open to ideas in general. But yeah, end of the day, we all love San Francisco. We love Silicon Valley. No matter what, it's always home. Hate it or love it. Yeah, I mean... Uh... Hopefully we can see her a little longer. Maybe we uh, buy a house here. We'll run another mail. <laughs> That's the minimum. For us to buy a house here, we need to, we need to have a portfolio of companies that we that we own or run. Yeah, and it's a very hard thing uh, for us to achieve. But I think that perhaps maybe we can do it. Yeah, man, that'd be great. So, one last topic before we uh, let Barack take over the, the Brown Experience part of it. So, the last topic I have for right now is uh, something to do with, I guess you could say, automotive tech. Uh, so, uh, Cadillac is coming with a whole new fleet of electric cars, and Cadillac sucks for soul. But uh, the Cadillac dealers around the country are all giving up their franchises back to Cadillac because they don't want to, uh, maybe they don't want to adapt to the electric cars or they don't want to spend the money to reinvest in the business to build a whole facility that can take in uh, electric cars. It's a huge expense. Like, what do you guys think? Do you think they're just doing it because they're scared of, the, like the dealers are scared of other companies taking over Cadillac's electric brand? Or is it just like, they're just giving up because uh, they don't want to mess with the uh, money they have, to, they have to invest in it to make it more usable for electric cars. Oh, I actually didn't know that was happening uh, with Cadillac, and it's the first time I hear about this, but uh, thinking about it from, you know, uh, how it's a risk right now to and continue to invest in a new technology, which is the electric car and everything. Especially for Cadillac, which is a new, which is a new player in the game. Yeah, I think uh, Cadillac had a huge name, 
when we were younger, like having an Escalade or uh, I believe the CTS it's called, meant that uh, you made it in life almost. But uh, right now, I only see Cadillacs for Uber Black. Like that's about it. Like Uber Black is the only place I see Cadillacs. Like, there's no other use. I feel like. Yeah, I don't. I don't blame Cadillac though. You know, because um, electricity is the future of being. Uh, the main source of power for cars and I mean they're not trying to get behind and they have to they did something about it you know and that's this that they want to mark their spot in this market you know yeah I think it's very essential for companies even if they don't have a great product yet they need to establish themselves in the beginning of the race so that so it's more widely known that they are also a key player in the upbringing of electric cars I think that's what uh, Audi did. Even though they didn't have a great electric car, they just came out with the e-tron, and they just put it out there just so we know that like, that's the first German electric car. Like, uh, yeah, I mean the brand is very important as we've discussed with Apple. You know, what would you get? Like, uh, you had the option to get the noise cancellation from right. Sony or Bose, but then Apple released their own noise cancellation. I mean, we would go with our brand Apple. You know exactly it's the, kind of the same concept about you know Cadillac releasing this new electric did you, did you just say our brand I yeah. think we're sampling kind of kind of oh I did the switch you know, so. yeah, bro. <laughs> <laughs> that's yeah. great that's great yeah so that's about it oh, for, that, uh, that statement right there proves the power of Apple right there. yeah right the right power there. Apple weak this right here is uh, proof that Apple can change minds he went from how, full how many years? Android. How many years? I mean, uh, five years. It's like Android? five years, yeah. And I mean, the one month, and it's a week. I mean, I can't say you guys, cause I mean, I don't have a Samsung part of it. <laughs> <laughs> all right, man. All right, we're getting, Just joking. We're getting. Yeah, I think uh, for any product, especially in the technology or any physical product, you need history with the product for people to buy into it. There's no reason why uh, I would want to go buy a brand new car or like a brand new company uh, if it has no history. Like I think the only successful story in recent times is Tesla. They have no history at all, but they made such a successful product that caters to uh, the needs of a regular car. It just, uh, I guess, down the line by the time we get 30 or 35, We'll probably see electric cars being a more regular uh, source of transportation. Yeah, maybe they'll get more mass produced and you'll see them on the streets more often. You know? Yeah, uh, we have our great uh, governor, uh, Gavin Newsom, who said from uh, 2035, no cars are allowed except for electric cars in California. Man, that's a very hard goal to achieve, but I, I guess we can do it, right? Yeah, I guess, but like, <laughs> Gavin Newsom's kind of extreme. Putting lockdowns, moving billionaires out of the state, moving money out. Just That's just the way he thinks, I guess. But yeah, hopefully for the good, electric cars. Hey, Ed, have you heard about the um, farmer situation in India right now? Uh, no, what, do you, what is that? What's happening in LA? Do you want to explain it? Yeah, sure. Yeah, I think... Uh, I don't know too much about it, but uh, from what I'm reading on Instagram or the news in general, there's an issue with uh, the Indian government passing new laws to make uh, 
the farming uh, section of India be corporatized, like be run by corporates. And uh, I think the laws are making it where the farmers can decide how much they sell the product for. And it's just that corporates can decide. There's no minimum, so corporates can decide what the minimum is. Like there is no like, if you're working, there's a minimum wage. Whereas uh, farmers would usually have a minimum requirement that they would they, they should be getting for per pound or whatever they're selling. But uh, there is no minimum uh, with corporates coming in, and I think it's just gonna ruin the economy in general. Like farmers are the most important thing for any economy, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, yeah, we see it over here too. You know, we have uh, Mexican farmers working the fields right now, and even though we have this uh, virus here, uh, right. Corona, yeah, I agree. Uh, they're still working out there, uh, cutting the fruits, vegetables, and other types of uh, plants in order for us to have a meal in our tables. And I feel if you know the rights of these farmers in India is being violated, then I feel like um, they should get some type of help or representation legally, you know, because maybe they can't afford a lawyer or something. Yeah, I think uh, they are trying to move the protest towards uh, Mumbai, I believe it is, which is the capital, or it's, it's one of the main cities where you could try to bring in more people. But uh, the Indian government is putting out uh, uh, police and uh, forces against the protesters as before they even get to the protesting. They're being water cannon down and uh, just being hurt, I guess. I think that's important. Uh, I don't know much more about, about what's happening, but I think uh, from what I know, I would definitely support the farmers. I think it's essential for me to support the farmers. And that's all I have. I, I don't live there, so I have nothing to say about it. Um. I have to agree with Shreeman because uh, I don't think I've been there for a very, very long time. And so I don't really can't really say what it is or how it is there. But my gut just says stand with the farmers. So I'm going to, because I mean, it just seems right to me. That's what I'm going to go with. Right. That's, that sounds like the most ethical thing for us to do. Yeah. Uh, as we know, the governments can get corrupt or whatever. Yeah. They could sell themselves to corporations as it usually happens but uh being humane is important i guess mm -hmm. yeah so uh going off of that uh we can't relate to that specific topic but what we can relate to is the experience we have being brown in silicon valley and that's what this podcast is based off of yeah, so, you know, just to give some uh, background uh, me and Barack are both Indian and Eduardo is Mexican. Uh, that's how we came up with the name of the Brown Experience. We wanted to share our point of views in the Silicon Valley uh, area in general, or maybe it could be related to most of the US. So do you guys have experiences you want to share? Um, well, first I would like to yeah, emphasize the point that, you know, um, whatever we talk about, it's basically most on the culture we come from and, you know, being minorities in this country, um, that, you know, we are brown and that's why this podcast is called Brown Experience and we, we, uh, 
Well, I, I personally feel like it's uh, something we have to share with everyone, you know, our type of perspective of how we see things here in the Silicon Valley. And, you know, maybe other people can listen to this and they can understand like what challenges and other life events uh, we experience here that they may not be experiencing where they're, they're from, you know? And, you know, I always get very inspired from hearing other people's stories of what they're doing in their own homes and what they're living through and what they're doing to uh, surpass whatever challenge they come across. And I just hope that, you know, people take uh, something good from this, you know? Um, yeah, but one of the experiences I would like to share is basically coming here to America when I was seven years old, you know, I didn't know any English and uh, it was second grade. I was but halfway through the year and it was a very different experience than I was uh, having in Mexico, you know, because uh, to communicate with anyone, I didn't know how to and I guess it took me a while to learn the language and everything. That's great. That's great, man. Thanks for sharing that. Um, I think I don't have much to share. It's uh, definitely the typical Indian family. Uh, migrating to the U.S. for that, for that Amula. Uh, what do you think? Uh, yeah, I think my family came here for the same purpose, just to have a better life for well, at least me and my brother and uh, to get more money, I guess. Mm -hmm. But like an experience I think I had is that growing up in Fremont, it was okay. It was okay, you know, growing up in Till like high school, it was okay because we were around other immigrant immigrant families. But I don't know why, personally, me. Maybe it's just blocked off in my head. But I always had this feeling of wanting to be white, not being Indian. You know, for the longest time. And maybe it's a little bit too deep for this podcast. We'll continue the next one. But these kind of experiences is something I dealt with, like in my childhood, that I'm coming over. So I mean. It's just a little intro to what I came as, and maybe someone else can relate. Yeah, uh, I think uh, definitely this is not our uh, only experiences. We just wanted to start off with an intro about the way we feel and the reason of this podcast, the establishment of this podcast. Over time, we will uh, expand our experiences through episodes or when situations come. So, uh, yeah, I think... Uh, so th this essentially is going to be like how the structure of our future podcast is going to be. It might change a bit, but this is what we're looking at. Maybe talk about. Yeah. So uh, yeah, to just talk about the structure of how we're going to run this podcast is we're going to be uh, more uh, entertaining. Definitely, we won't be as serious as we are right now. <laughs> yeah, that's for sure. We're, first, first. we're definitely warming up. So uh, hopefully, uh, we will have categories. We're looking into uh, pop culture. Uh, trending news, finance, business, all things technology, and all things Silicon Valley in general. So anything we can relate, it's, uh, we don't have a specific topic, but we will be more structured as we go. So uh, do you guys want to talk about anything specific, any topic, let's just throw it out there. Um, let's see. 
Let's talk about uh, how we all met. I think that's that's a key. Oh yeah, let, let us give you an introduction. Yeah, that's, that's very important for the establishment of this podcast. So, uh, do you want to start with your experience? I think, or I think our relationship as friends really grew after high school. Um, in high school, we were we knew each other, we were friends, but it was kind of, you know, we were doing our own thing. We had different things going on, but after high school is when we really had that freedom of like not going to six periods of classes, but one class together. Mm-hmm. And so I think that really brought us closer together. And being that our like values aligned, it just made that friendship stronger and stronger to it's here we are today. Yeah, so uh, to make it uh, more uh, not so serious, I think the, uh, we all started hanging out like or we knew each, we knew of each other when we were a lot younger, I think when we were uh, third grade or second grade, uh, something around there, but then we always avoided each other because uh, we didn't view each other as the cool kids. We wanted to hang out with uh, Jose with the long braids. We wanted to hang out with the, white the, the hot girl. The hot girl, what was her name? Sarah. Sarah was, uh, uh, we, we were chasing different people basically. Yeah. But then when, when we all uh, met up in high school, uh, we just reminisced on how we met each other in the past and we just uh, passed on experiences. And we brought it together, and like we just got stronger once we graduated high school. I think it's relatable for all three of us. It's definitely like that. Yeah, you know, uh, when you're in high school, you have a bunch of friends, and you're always staying connected, you know, because you see them every day. And uh, I feel like when uh, we graduated high school, it was more of like who we actually wanted to hang out with, and I feel like we all got comfortable with each other. And, we went on trips and connected and grew closer as time passed, you know. Right. And uh, I guess it's been at least, you know, uh, how many years can you say that we've known each other? I, I, I personally could say I feel like I've known you guys my whole life because I basically did. Yeah, and I think so, uh, definitely very young from the time we were seven or eight. So definitely like it's a pretty established uh, friendship here. So. We have uh, known each other vividly uh, when we were younger, but then it just got more uh, focused as we moved on. And we all have uh, our own experiences, even now. We have our own uh, groups that we go and do stuff with. But end of the day, it comes back to the three of us. Comes That's back what home. we believe. Yeah, this is what we call sweet old home. Yeah, hopefully you guys keep listening and see more stuff that comes from us yeah um, this has been a great first podcast and I think that you know we will continue to improve and delivering what you guys want us to talk about and in terms of what we will discuss we will keep working on that and yeah I guess this will conclude our last um, podcast and hopefully uh, we you guys can hear from us again from the next one.